I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. With us tonight, we've got producer Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Sound guy, Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. And the doc is called in sick tonight. Under the weather. Yeah, thoughts and prayers to doc. We're still friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And a podcast that uh, we are back virtual with all of the fun and, and joy of being virtual for tonight, but for a really good reason. We're not in back in lockdown. No. This, is, this is for fun. This is by choice, man, by it choice. Is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night. Lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego. Beer Mecca within a beer Mecca. Pour yourself a beer. I've done it while waiting for talent to figure out his tech issues. I already drank two beers while I was waiting for it to drink. Well, I might figure out my tech issues. Maybe that's why I have tech issues. Pull up a bar stool and join us. Make sure you also find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram. I Like Beer the Po one. I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. We are also on Untapped. Very easy to find. Check out our website, Swag Shop at I Like Beer the Podcast.com. We're joined tonight by the general manager and head brewer of Exhibit A Brewing in Massachusetts. Welcome to Kelsey Roth, general manager, and Matthew Steinberg, co-founder and head brewer. Hello. Thank you. Super happy to be here. Yeah, welcome, guys. Thanks for sending us some uh, beers to enjoy as well. Yeah. That's what I opened up. Glad they got there okay. (laughs) Thank you for sending them along. It's a lot more fun to talk and have you brag about your beers when we get to enjoy the ride with you. Talent and I think we both have the uh, the Kolsch style ale, the Goody Two Shoes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Want to start off with telling us about Goody Two Shoes? Sure, sure. I always like to describe it as the soul of our brewery. You know, it's one of those beers that you know it may not be the highest volume beer we make. It's definitely not the flagship of the brewery, but it is as a brewer the soul of my kind of you know artistic license to the style. Uh, we've thought a lot about being as authentic to the style as we can be, but still making it our own. It's very balanced, crisp, clean, four and a half percent drinking beer. I like to call it fridge beer because it's always in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the brewer's favorite for sure. And except when we have lagers available, when there's a lager pouring, they go right for that. But the Kolsch is the is the shift beer for our staff. <laughs> but even when like. Other brewers come to, to our brewery. They're always like, oh, I got to try the Kolsch. Got to try the Kolsch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really good. Uh, this is one of my favorite styles, the Kolsch as well. And this is as good of one as I've ever had. What do you think, Talent? You know, it's a, I agree. It's funny because you just said that because I was I drank it, like I said, a bunch earlier. And I wrote made some notes and I wrote clean, crisp, delicious. So mm. that's kind of what you said on your your intro to it. I, yeah, I agree. I, perfectly balanced. It's one of those ones I think that, you know, when if you... I, you know, obviously we haven't been to your brewery, but if you came to your brewery, you're going to try other stuff, but this is something probably you come back for. And it's one of those ones that you, you have as a go-to beer. Absolutely. Cans and travels really well. Cause that's not yeah, always the does. case for the Kolsch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We find it to be pretty stable. Like it's the, you know, this beer has pr- been really reliable for us. Very consistent. We're brewing it actually not tomorrow. We're brewing it on Friday, but every week or two weeks, we got to make up another batch. So it's been doing well for us. And I saw this, uh, one silver medal, 2016. Uh, GIBF, yeah. GIBF, yeah. 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 Very yeah. good. Yeah. International. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. In addition to getting a couple of medals, uh, this beer also, I think, receives a lot of you know industry accolades. It's been written up in Craft Beer and Brewing. It was just noted as the 12th best beer by Wine Enthusiast of the Year in wow. 2021. 
the only one of its style on the list of 50 beers. Top 50, yeah. Top 50. Uh, so to be number 12 in this style, I think in this current climate with Hop Forward being the thing, uh, it's really exciting. Also, the Bros at Beer Advocate gave it 100 a couple years back. So that was kind of very gratifying for me. That feel good. Sure. <laughs> it felt pretty good. Yeah, no, they don't give out a lot of hundreds. So, And Reisdorf got well, like, like a 96, I think. So. <laughs> They they deserved it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good culture. <laughs> sure, is. it's spectacular. This is this is a a great beer, Joe and Tom. What are you guys drinking? I'm drinking the Cat's Meow. It is nice, hoppy, mm. smooth, juicy. I love your comments on your can. It's catnip for people, and eight out of ten cats <laughs> say their owners prefer it. <laughs> so, uh, if I had a cat, it would it would say I prefer it. Very very tasty. Yeah, and that's definitely, you know, the beer that we make the most of. We brew that beer every Monday and Tuesday. You know, it's that obviously being an IPA that that helps uh yeah. being yeah. a very popular style right now. Yeah. And uh and we tend to we believe that this is yes, it's a New England style. We're in Massachusetts, it's hazy. Right. Yeah. But it's got a nice nice bitterness as well. We you know, it's a little less uh I don't know, somewhere in the middle of New England style and kind of modern American IPA. Yeah. I think that's a good description. That's how it's going down, for sure. What did Beer Santa deliver to you, Tom? Well, you know, it's funny, because when I first looked at the can, it says Saturday Scotch Ale. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Saturday Scotch Ale. That's right up my alley. But then I read the fine print. It's a little smaller above it. It says, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday Scotch Ale. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> depressing. That'd be great, but the can, but the can art, the can art pays tribute to it here, and I'll just show you there. You guys can see it, yeah, for office space. Yeah, I recognize that. Yeah, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying this. You know, as you guys know, I'm a I'm a Scotch Ale fan. It's not too thick, not too thin, uh, and there's a little bit of almost a peppery bite to it at the end. I'm not sure what that is, but I do actually like that little kick at the end for it. What is that? There's a, there's a touch of smoked malt in there. I don't know if that's what's delivering that for you, but um, maybe a combination of the heat from the alcohol and the sort of subtle sweetness you get from a smoke finish. We use a lot of valley malt, which if you can, it, the listeners can't see, but I am wearing a valley malt shirt tonight. Um, <laughs> Striking. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, we use a lot of valley malt in all of our beers. Uh, and this one in particular has some cool specialty stuff from them, which is uh, a Caramunich malt, uh, a bunch of pale Munich malt, and then uh, and then this Beechwood smoked pale barley for the smoke character in the beer. And we just thought it would be, f- I just, I love Scotch Ales too. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of them, especially in 16 ounce package. And yeah. Uh, I wasn't adverse. I wasn't against making a Scotch ale at first. In fact, I really wanted to, but I'm like, who's going to buy this thing? And uh, <laughs> it's become a one of our, you know, one of our yearly releases that we do that people seem to really come back for. So it was per- like out here in the frozen tundra. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's a great cold weather drinking beer. Yeah. We don't have it so great over here. It it dropped down to about 69 today. Yeah. Ooh, oh my gosh. That was, that was yeah. tough. That was tough. And yeah, found yeah. a late jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, notice yes. we all have our yeah. sweaters on tonight. I, I had to wear my, my puppy jacket. Oh my yeah. god! It was like I I walked out of my car tonight when I got home, and it was like it's like thirty nine degrees tonight, and it literally felt like a spring day. I was yeah. like sweatshirt. Oh, I was fine because it's been zero. <laughs> it's it's been zero and negative for like the last week. And we're getting snow tonight too. Yeah, we're getting yeah. some more snow. 
we're soft people here. We can't yeah. relate. Oh my God. Nope. Can't relate at all. Yeah. It <laughs> rained a little bit yesterday and that was rough. Yeah. I was like, I was supposed yeah. to go on a bike ride and it rained on me and it was terrible. And of course we can't do anything in the rain. No. And, yeah, and yeah, by yeah. rain, we mean some sprinkles, but yeah. it just yeah. cancels the whole day. Yeah, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even a rain. It was a light mist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they canceled school. It might as well and... have been a torrential yeah. Yeah, right. flash flood yeah. downpour. So. Well, I have to say, normally I'd be pretty jealous, uh, Tom, of that Scotch ale, but this Gulch is so damn good. I'm, yeah, no, I'm I agree. I, happy where I'm at. <laughs> nice. And I, it's funny that you mentioned like, a good winter beer because I feel like you've got the two spectrums here because this Kolsch, well, it's anytime, but I mean, you talk about a, a, a summer beer, like on a hot day like this, you could drink one or seven of these very easily. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, they're, they're really well done. So looking forward to trying some of the other ones. Uh, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about your guys' Exhibit A Brewing. What's your guys' origin story? How did it come into existence? Kind of what's your philosophical approach to making beer? Uh, who are you guys? <laughs> you want to start that, Kelsey, oh. or should I? <laughs> uh, no, you can you can start it. You you okay. started before I did. So. <laughs> okay, so so I've I've just entered my twenty fourth year of brewing professionally. Wow. Most of that time was spent here in Massachusetts, uh, working in brew pubs and learning the learning the trade. Worked for some amazing head brewers and some great breweries. Uh, was given the opportunity to build a brewery with someone else's money about 13 years ago. That brewery is called Mayflower Brewing. And that's, like, I think, where like my first head brewing job where I really kind of got a little bit of a reputation and put myself out there. And, you know, we found some success. Had a son and decided to be a stay-at-home parent to plan my next job <laughs> basically <laughs> i felt at that point i was kind of unemployable and i better figure out how to do this myself mm. and in the meantime i had uh, become both friends and uh colleagues with my current partner uh in the business and we had opened up another business together a contracted brand and finally we got the opportunity about six and a half years ago to start exhibit a and uh, take over an existing brewery um, i know that that's happened in san diego a few times Our, mm-hmm. i went to college with a young brewer named Tommy Arthur. And uh, we didn't know each other in college, but later became friends. And I know he took over the old stone brewery in what San Marcos or wherever. And and uh, right. so I kind of, I actually spoke to Tommy a lot during that time, like thinking like, how do I do this? How do I take this five-year-old beat to hell brewery and turn it into our brewery? So uh, my first hire was this amazing gentleman by the name of Kelsey Roth who's here with us tonight. And he, you know, had no experience working in brewery specific, but he had a lot of skills and a lot of ideas on how to help me build this business. And, uh, you know, we just celebrated five years in September and we are brewing the best beer of our time so far right now. Uh, I actually had a really long conversation today with our brewers about that and how I'm so proud of the beers that are coming out of the, uh, coming out of our canning line and coming out of our keg machine. That part's been amazing. For me, the beer started visiting Europe in high school. And my Spanish teacher, Mrs. Lippi, let me drink beer. And <laughs> we went to, we were in Munich. I mean, what, what was she going to do, you know? And, uh, you know, and neither one of us spoke German. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I later found out my grandmother made mead and my grandfather drank St. Pauli girl, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't because of the beer quality. Right. And, right. <laughs> I still and, love that. It was your Spanish class that took you to Germany. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and uh, well, it was the foreign language department and all they taught was Spanish oh, okay. and French. So, uh, so we did, yeah, we oh, went to Germany. And that does <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we did go to France and Spain the year after, but uh, that Germany trip was, I was impressionable. And uh, I still have like, the pins from all the little towns and mm-hmm. I kind of fell in love with that culture and the history behind it. 
And I learned that my, my, you know, my name is German. It's Steinberg is a pretty German name. Uh, although we're not Germans, I just, I don't know. I latched on. And then I found a friend in college at homebrewed and he was just like, yeah, you just throw these things together. It's fine. And don't worry it's that fine. it exploded. And there's like beer on the ceiling. It's totally fine. He had me like cleaning corny kegs in the shower. Not together, but we were separate. We don't judge. Yeah. yeah hey. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, crazy college it's, days. Yeah. It's part been, of all yeah. part of the experience, all part of the yeah. journey. It is. It is. So uh, it, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride and I'm very proud of what we've built so far. Very cool. And I, I came from the opposite side where, uh, well, I, I actually do have German heritage. Um, my last name is Roth, which is uh, Roth in German. Uh, so I'm Kelsey Red. But uh, I worked for about 15 years in the media marketing industry, uh, video producer and produced a lot of media and uh, digital assets and websites and things like that. And just really got tired of working in that industry and wanted to kind of move into something that I really loved and had the opportunity to uh, get on board with a local craft beer uh, retail shop, which um, when they first opened, I think they just had their 10th anniversary. Mm -hmm. When they first opened, they, uh, you know, this was uh, a really novel idea. They were going to focus on craft beer, you know, 10 years ago, that that wasn't a lot. And so I got an opportunity to work with uh, these these two awesome women who started it up and learned a lot from them to, about the retail side of beer and Got to meet a lot of people in the industry, you know, a lot of the, the brewers and uh, brewery owners and sales reps and you know, distributors and really got to learn the industry uh, pretty well. And when Matthew was looking for somebody to kind of head up that front of the house side of the business, I'm like, hey, I know how to do all this stuff. You know, I have graphic design skills. I have photography skills. Um, I know how to build a website. I know how to fill out. Now I know how to fill out licensing applications and forms and, <laughs> and deal with City Hall. Yeah, so, so I came from that side, and I guess I'm a little bit proud still that I've never actually brewed a drop of beer <laughs> in my seven years of, of working in this industry. And Matthew would probably like to keep it that way. <laughs> I like to brag that like, if I'm doing the tour and we walk through the office and Kelsey is there, I like to sort of brag and say, like, Kelsey does every single thing here except make beer. And that's yeah. true. Like he literally right. has done and does everything that we possibly need him to do and, and more. And so you commented before on the label of Saturday Kelsey does all of our labels as well. So that's, yeah. you know, the, oh, the, the creative yeah. side. Yeah. How refined has your beer tasting discerning have your taste become without the brewing? Oh, he's the best at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am a certified Cicerone. So oh, wow. um, there we go. <laughs> At Craft Beer Cellar, which is the the retail store that I worked at, education was a huge portion of that of their philosophy. You know, they realized early on that educating the consumer is going to produce better shoppers. And if the consumer knows about like freshness and what styles should taste like and proper storage of beer, um, that they're going to appreciate not only appreciate that the store that they shop at cares about these things too, but they're going to care about their own beer and take, taking better care of it. So education, learning about styles. We used to hold regular blind tasting classes in the basement of the store and just really worked at developing our palates and being able to understand beer from the purely sensory side of it. So I had a conversation just yesterday with an old friend of ours who's one of the premier brewers in San Diego, Mark Purcell of Oceanside Aleworks, and he was 
saying from 2006 when he first got started, I asked him what's the biggest change in the beer drinkers, and he was saying how discerning they are mm-hmm. with their palates, with understanding a style or or an expectation of a style. Is that something you see in your brewery scene and, and beers in, on the East Coast as well? I think so. Yeah, I think the, yeah, I think the consumers. I mean, there's a mix. I mean, there's a lot of young new consumers that I think are you know in our market are certainly going right after IPAs. It's like I've been in an environment where they're where these IPAs exist and. Let's call it someone else's brewery. We can just say it's someone else's brewery. And, you know, it's basically what they make. It's what they're really good at. And there's several breweries that do this that don't necessarily have a super wide portfolio, but they have five or six different IPAs. That consumer skipped Sierra Pale Ale. They skipped Newcastle Brown Ale. They skipped Sam Smith's. They didn't know about these. They didn't drink Amber Ale in the 90s. They went right to juicy IPAs. And that's fine. But I think that there's a a gap and a, a missing link there. And I think that there are a lot of consumers, certainly that come into our tap room, that are pretty well versed in beer, and they go after the Kolsch because they're like, "Oh, I love Kolsch," and the, or they drink a porter because they've they've heard we make a really good one, you know. And I think that it's to consider for a moment that there are tons of educated consumers, even though there's a big gap, I think, between sort of the the younger, not as mature palate that you'd get from someone who's been exploring styles. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be drinking for five years and explore the styles, but you could also be drinking five years and spend that drinking IPAs. So I think, yeah, but I think, uh, you know, to that extent that the experience of that customer 15, 20 years ago was drinking Stroh's, you know, or Heilman's old right. style or, mm-hmm. um, you know, Carling's Black Label or whatever, you know, kind of cheap trash beer, you know, was out there at the time, you know, and now they're, they're coming into what's literally a golden age of beer. And I was blown away the first time I met somebody who had never actually drunk a Budweiser before. Oh, wow. And I'm like, how yeah. old are you? And they're like, I'm 22, you know, but they never <laughs> had to. You know, they went yeah. to college and there was already a, a plethora of craft beer around, um, yeah. you know, and probably some fairly affordable ones as well. So why? You know, so so I think while they may be focused on this IPA side, they're coming at in at a higher level than I think we did, you know, back in, you know, for, for people my age. You know, so I think they're open to flavor and they're open to a, a little bit more open to trying other styles. It's just going gonna, gonna to take them a little while. And, you know, but it did for all of us, too. Sure. Yeah. We were drinking Lion's Head for seven ninety nine a case from Liquors Forty Four in Hadley until we <laughs> until we discovered the Spirit House and realized that they had like Catamount Amber and Long Trails and Otter Creek and Boston Beer and Harpoon and all these beers and this is like ninety one ninety two and uh, yeah I think that that's true that we it, we we took time to get there that's actually kind of not thought about that a lot that that angle of it yeah yeah they're, they're just to be able to go to the source of where the beer comes from, you know, is opening these people to uh, a whole new experience that we never had, you know, like we never went to a Budweiser brewery unless we were on vacation to St. Louis, you know, and, and got to see the Clydesdales, but, <laughs> right. um, which actually was my first brewery tour when I was like 10, 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> Mine was in Tampa. I think it was at that time, it might even have been a Stroh's brewery. It, it became a, I forget what that brewery became, but Bush, it was in Tampa. I think it was 
Yeah. Was it Bush? Yeah, it was Bush. Bush Gardens. Bush Gardens. When I up in yeah, in LA, Gardens. I went to Bush Gardens, and they actually had rides and stuff. Like it was yeah. an amusement park. Yeah. I don't remember the beer part of it. It was like let's go to Bush Gardens. Yeah. And then I think they had some liability issues, and they had to get rid of all the the, uh, the beer, the, the, the rides. So oh, they get rid uh, of the rides, not the yeah, beer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Riding, yeah. riding, and drinking uh, beer didn't work. Yeah. yeah, I was actually hard. Matt, you're talking about. What I felt I was pretty sophisticated because we used to thought we were pretty cool because we drank MGD out of bottles. Of right? course. And yeah. we were like, yeah, this is yeah. the life, right? So not all of us were like Tom who went up to school at Chico and basically just had Sierra Nevada sitting there for him to, uh, as the, as the cheap beer at, at college. So nice. It wasn't cheap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was for me too. I, I moved to Flagstaff in, uh, in the early nineties, like 93, 94, I got there and I went to a grocery store and I, there was a list of kegs that you could buy. Yeah. And I just turned 21. And my first keg that I bought legally was a Pete's Wicked Ale. And that happened in, in yeah. Boston. I bought that at Blanchard's in Austin. But I went to Smith's grocery store and there was Sierra Pale, Sierra Porter, Sierra Stout. Nice. And you get Anchor Liberty. And the 50 liter kegs were $70. Yeah. Which at the time was like, it was, there was some money spent, but it seemed like it was a great deal. You know, it, it and, yeah. uh, and the, I think the, I think the tap deposit was five bucks. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> nice. Who would return a, a keg if the deposit was five dollars? <laughs> yeah, five dollars. Yeah. Yeah. wall. That's five bucks. I, I can make something out of this. We, yeah. we, I think it, yeah, it was five for the keg and five for the tap. We returned them. We didn't know yeah, any better. Of course you did. Yeah, we we were respectful. Ten bucks. We were respectful. <laughs> Matthew, we just missed each other. I left Flagstaff in '92 after uh, going to school at NAU. <laughs> oh, I went. Yeah, I went to. I started NAU in '93. That's why. Ah, it's wild. Yeah, that's great. All was the there a homebrew people. shop then? There wasn't a homebrew there, shop then when you left. There was not a homebrew shop that I was aware of, but uh, yeah, it was up at the top of uh, San Francisco Street, almost almost okay. to 180. Yeah, and I yeah. Ha- I happened to live right near there on Cooch Drive, and and uh, walked in and was like, hey, I, I think I want to do this. That's awesome. <laughs> Joe primarily went to all the consumption shops. Yeah, yeah. I, was a, to the I was a consumer. He was, he was, I was a beer he was consumer. That so. was your yeah, wine yeah. cooler days you're, anyway. You're at, so. the, you're at the Monty V. <laughs> yeah. Plus, plus he was yeah. back in college. They yeah. called him Bartle and James because yeah. he was a big wine yeah. cooler guy. So, I, I was yeah. at the Monty V drinking uh, wine cooler. So, yeah. Yes, so, you were. Yeah. Yes, you were. <laughs> all the coolest girls were doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> so, Kelsey, I think you got to take the lead on this next question I want to set up here. Um has to do with the brewery name, Exhibit A. And your beer names, which I had a lot of fun looking through your beer names. Yeah. Uh, and it all seems to connect to one of our guiding beliefs that beer and stories go together. Absolutely. Your website says, we offer a fun look at storytelling through beer with a subtle nod towards the meaning of life. Well, we may know the answer, 42. It's the questions that keep us searching. I love that. That's just my sort of thing right there. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about Exhibit A and that intellectually playful approach you've got. Yeah, the the name kind of came out of a little bit out of thin air, but kind of from like Matthew always liked the idea of scales, you know, kind of for beer is about balance, um, you know, balancing malt and hops or bitterness and sweetness and balance in life. His wife's a Libra, too. (laughs) Um, So that helps as well. And his business partner said, oh, cool. I kind of like that idea because, you know, he always saw like a brewery's portfolio as like an art exhibit, like you're always on display. There are other businesses where the product that you create may not really be out there in front of people, but you're always on display when you're a brewery. So he was thinking exhibit would be a cool, cool thing. And then, uh, but you know, there's a rapper from the '90s, and <laughs> you know, it, uh, let's add an A onto it, and uh, and it had a much better ring to it. 
but I really like the name too because of that storytelling aspect. And you know, every good story begins with an exhibit A, and hopefully our beer is the beginning of some great stories. So we really like that storytelling aspect of it. And I, I always think back when I was working in retail, we would get like a customer coming in who'd be like, you know, I need help finding this beer. I had it, I was on the Cape, Cape Cod last week on my friend's boat, and I think it was a green bottle, but you know, if maybe had like a blue label on it and we were watching the sunset and we were eating some, you know, fresh oysters and the best beer I ever had, you know, and we'd eventually figure out what it was and it was an okay beer, but it was, it was more about their experience <laughs> and the story right. and the people they were sharing it with. And, right. you know, and that, you know, it, it really is about creating those experiences around a product that is, is a social lubricant and, you know, it's people generally drink it when they want to go out and enjoy themselves. Yeah, at least we like to think that. And we like to uh, really incorporate that storytelling aspect and create, even with our taproom concept, we like to create experiences that you might not normally get at a brewery. Like we've had ballet performances in the brewery. Um, You know, (laughs) we've had uh, a guy, a a musical performance where a guy played a cactus. You know, it's, uh, (laughs) we try to create interesting and fun experiences that you wouldn't necessarily get in that kind of space. So. Well, we looked at Goody Two Shoes, and Tom's enjoying his, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday. Two great names. Give us a couple other names you're pretty proud of. Beer, the beer style aside, <laughs> what are a couple? You're, I'm pretty proud of this one. I think one of my one of my favorite beer names that we have is uh, Sunday Paper Stout. And that was one of the first names I came up with at the very beginning before I even new to hire Kelsey and before we had this proper logo and any, nothing had happened yet. And I was coming up with beer names. Goody two shoes was first innocence, you know, and then Sunday paper happened. I had this whole vision of what that looked like to me. And I just explained it to Kelsey. I told him my whole story about it. And he came up with this label that really nailed what I was trying to say without all the details. I found out he was very good at editing me. (laughs) <laughs> and what I was trying to, I was trying to, you know, tell him this story. And then he ended up with like this newsprint with a beer mug stain, coffee mug stain on the newsprint. And that was kind of what I was going for. I didn't know that that's what I was looking for, but that's kind of what, I, what we ended up getting. But there's something about, you know, the fact that none of us read the paper anymore mm-hmm. and, you know, breaks my dad's heart. That, <laughs> that we, some, some people mm-hmm. still read the paper. Physical I, I have, paper. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we get the news, but we don't sit down on Sundays and read the paper as a family as in this country like we used to. And, uh, and I just think that there's a place for that. And that's kind of where that came from. And Kelsey, I think, came up with my second favorite beer name, and that's Briefcase, Briefcase Porter. And yes, it happens to be two dark beers. I don't know if that's, you know, and <laughs> yep, Jeff's, Jeff's drinking one of those. It's just something funny about Briefcase. You know, it's just like hilarious to me. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like when you're trying to come up with a name for a porter, like you can't can't be like super extreme explosion, you know, power, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's like it's porter, you know, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's a fairly simple beer. It's workman's beer, you know, the the origin of it, you know, it's it's utilitarian, it's like something that every brewery we think should have, you know, a porter in their lineup. Agreed. And yeah, you know, so I'm like, you know, kind of thinking, you know, from the legal standpoint, you know, well, what's utilitarian, you know, for like a lawyer or something? Like, well, they all they all carry briefcase. Yeah. So it's kind of that essential tool that may be simple and overlooked, but certainly essential. Yeah. Love it. I saw the uh, Sunday paper. My take on it was it's a 9.9% imperial stout. I just thought Jeff's read the Sunday paper. Am I right, Jeff? Yeah. You and I read this, (laughs) but, but it's a 
it's a routine and it's going to take a while. And that's what I thought. Nine point, oh, what yeah. a great name because it's like and, the Sunday paper. I need the yeah. next three hours to myself. I'm just yeah. going to sit here and read the paper. Yeah, especially that's if you right. start at 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It'll take you until lunch. Nine. Well, you talked me into opening up my briefcase porter with that. Yeah. So We have a regular in the tap room who, um, his name's Cisco, and he owns uh, an awesome bicycle shop across the street from us. But he was telling me the other day that with Sunday paper, he combines it with sweetened condensed milk and puts it in the blender in the morning. <laughs> really? And I'm like, you know, that's 9.9%. And he's, he's like, oh, I know. That's awesome. But I do it on, on my day off. <laughs> like, All right. Yeah. On his, day that, on his days that aren't off, he's drinking porter. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only seen him drink porter pretty much always, except for a few occasions I've seen him drink other beers. But it's generally like, she'll try it and be like, no, I'll go right back to my porter. He knows what he likes. He knows what he likes. And I will say that there is no doubt in my mind that he has consumed more briefcase porter than anyone, including all <laughs> of us. Human that work at the brewery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has consumed the most. He has literally consumed <laughs> the most. Jason Lachance, my neighbor over here, has probably consumed more hair razor than anybody. So <laughs> that's our double IPA. <laughs> Jeff, did you get into your, your porter? Yeah, I've been drinking it. Oh, okay. It's, you, it's you, fantastic. It really is. Oh, it's yes. it's a, it's a it's a phenomenal beer. Yeah, we, I love to let the malt shine, you know, like all of our beers, we build them around malt, you know, and the hops, they're, they're fun, they're sexy, they're the spice, they're, they're what people kind of tend to talk about more. And uh, there's something really special about the, the soul of the beer and the malt. And so in our dark beers and in other beers too, that aren't just the dark beers, we use specialty malts uh, from Valley Malt that literally are custom to us. Like we we've worked with them to develop a brown malt that we really love. That's in our porter, uh, along with some ch- uh, chocolate wheat and uh, and flake barley from them as well. And it's just it's really a freeing way to conceptualize a beer because we get to work backwards. We can say what do we want to use to get to this place, right? And so I knew what I wanted, kind of, and we tried some things and we've tweaked it here and there, both on the malt process side as well as uh in the brew house so it's that part's amazing so the beer you're drinking the malts that are in that the specialty like burnt malts and brown malts they're made for us specifically i would say a matter of weeks before we use them um if we're buying grain from say uh another great maltster like vireman and bamberg or simpsons in the uk or any other wonderful malts that we also use. But if we buy their specialty grains like that, like chocolate malt and burnt malts, uh, they tend to be much older. They tend to be four to six months, sometimes even a year old, which isn't bad, but it isn't fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I lean towards fresh and people talk about fresh beer, fresh food, fresh this, it's like fresh ingredients mm-hmm. is how you make great beer, right? It can help you make great beer. The beer, you know, it, it deserves it. It deserves that fresh ingredient, you know? Well, this is exactly, we, we talked about porters about a month ago on the show, and we had some that I was dissatisfied with um, because they were watery, in my opinion. Uh, they were mm-hmm. very light. They didn't have that roasty, toasty warmth to them. This one, this one nails it. Balance. Yes. Yeah, I, well, balance is, uh, and the other thing I like about it, it's, a, like I said, it's about as good as a porter as you can make in terms of, it, it's got all that, that oh, smokiness shucks. and that roastiness. But yeah, but, but it doesn't sit on you. I mean, like it, it's very balanced. It finishes very smooth. Um, you know, the one thing that's always interesting to me is, is, you know, I have, uh, we all have here of actually sons that, and that are, are, you know, just of the drinking age or, or even daughters just of the drinking age. 
And so sometimes they'll sit there and they'll go, why are you drinking such a dark beer? It's got to be so heavy. And, and it's like, this is a light and refreshing. Really, it's a refreshing like pour it's you could yeah. drink a bunch of these and, yeah. and that's what sometimes they don't get caught off by the side of it try this beer this would be the perfect beer to give them because i think if they they had that it would like open up doors and like oh my gosh you know it's mm-hmm. it's my what my eyes are seeing isn't what i'm tasting as far as the color mm-hmm. of the, the the you know the darkness of the beer and i think that's uh you guys have done a really good job with this one i mean this is this is like i said it's about as good a porter as i've had so that's awesome it's if you'll notice i my name is on the label yeah, I, yeah, did I saw your that, quote there. Yeah, that was <laughs> kind of Kelsey's idea, but I certainly didn't shy away from it. But <laughs> you know, you guys aren't from here, but there is another brewery here that makes a fantastic porter called Mayflower Porter. Okay. And I was the original brewer at Mayflower. I I did design that beer. And the kind of very cool thing about what happens when you've been doing this for so long is that people that were there back then come to me and like, oh, I love that Mayflower Porter. Oh, I gotta, nice. I got to try your briefcase porter or whatever. And, uh, you know, I would say half the time they like that one still and they they still enjoy what we've what we're doing now. And mm-hmm. and I would say, you know, but every time they say that, you know, I tend to be a I think maybe I got to be known for a brewer who's pretty good at porters. Yeah, no, you are. That that's awesome because it was the first beer I ever made, too. It's a really it was a beer called Kona Porter because I had a dog named Kona. <laughs> and uh, and I and I decided to be a home brewer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, right. So, well, the the yeah. the coffee, the the chocolate, a little nuttiness, but it's all really subtle. Yeah. Uh, to keep sort of like a traditional English porter foundation in it. So, absolutely. Okay, it. you're making me jealous, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I kind of wish I had one. Right yeah, now. I would. Yeah. I would say I'll save some for you, Tom, but too late. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask a. a turn the conversation a little bit and then we're going to get to what Tom's drink because I think he's about to open up a new beer or just did as well. So I noticed this from reading a little bit about you you know, here in San Diego, I think across the microbrew industry nationwide, we becoming more and more aware of the need to directly address, not sidestep it or give it lip service, equity and inclusion. And that seems to be something that you're not only taking on, you know, the bull by the horns there, but you're very proud about the work you're doing there. And I want to give you a little chance to talk about that. Yeah, and I think the industry itself, you know, has I, within the last you know year or two has I think has had a rude awakening just in and of itself. But um, aside from you know a lot of you know the big stories that you know have evolved around it, the craft beer industry has been a white boys club for a long, long time. And I think from you know even just a business standpoint, if we're not addressing the fact that our target audience is, you know, a very finite group of people and not including the rest of the world, you know, we're, we're making a bad business decision. But aside from that, you know, I think that historically craft beer has done a lousy job of really marketing itself and, and creating opportunities for underrepresented groups, whether it's uh, women, LGBTQ, you know, people of color and, so we're doing what we can, you know, step by step to try to be even better at that. And, you know, when at, at one point we had uh, 50% of our production staff was women, um, we've had some turnover and things have been, you know, but we still have uh, of the five brewers or we have five, five in production, six. Six of us. Yeah. One female. Yeah, we have one female. Um, 
We have uh, quite a few women who work front of house. Um, one of our, our assistant tavern manager is a woman. We ha have some people of color that we've been able to hire as well. And so, you know, giving these people, you know, a, an opportunity and, a, a, you know, and creating the environment where they feel welcome and that they feel appreciated and that they have a stake in the, in the business um, is, I think it, you know, that translates out to the customers as well. And they see that we're trying to make a difference. We're trying to make a, a better place for everybody and just make a welcome space for everybody. You know, and I think that, that for our customers, they really appreciate that. Well, thank you for the work you're doing there. <laughs> yeah. Needed and appreciated. Yep. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. And one of the things uh, we recently did, which I was pretty proud of, is we got certified as a autism welcoming business. Oh, cool. So uh, our staff went through a training course and we now have autism welcoming hours on Sunday where you know, we keep the music quieter. We offer uh, sensory kits and, you know, it, it kind of dawned on me when I uh, was talking to a parent with a kid who was, um, had autism spectrum disorder. She was like, I, there are places that I just don't feel like I can go, you know, and I feel you know, because I, I'm worried if there might be an incident, I'm worried about what people might think. And, and I'm like, why are we as a business doing more to, to make it okay for these people to feel like they're welcome to come, that they can come and have a beer with their, their child, or, you know, some of them are even adults now, um, and are 21 and can have a beer too. And, <laughs> you know, like, why, why can't we make a few small steps and a few small changes to make a, ourselves more accommodating and more welcoming to to that. So I was pretty proud that we were able to, to get that done and accomplished. That's awesome. Kelsey and Matthew of Exhibit A Brewing in Massachusetts, thank you for joining us and thank you for sharing your beer with us. We have so much more of your story to share. We're going to turn it into a double episode. Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. We'd love to keep talking. Right now, we got to run. B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer run.